Good morning, everyone. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise, Lord, for the opportunity we have that we are able to worship you for this beautiful day, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this place. Thank you, Lord, for your guidance. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. Lord, as we study your word, may you open our hearts and our mind and humble us, Lord God, with this message. Let me be your channel to, to these words. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Kind of in a point of anxiety at this point in time. Um, fate. In the past weeks, we've been talking about fate as well. But then going forward in the next few more weeks, we will be discussing fate and samples of fate and witnesses of fate. Right now, we'll start as to what faith really is, as we have read in the scripture. In Hebrews, we have seen faith is confidence in what we have hoped for and assurance about what we do not see. By faith, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand The universe was formed as God commands so. So that we, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commanded as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible, really impossible, to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly Six came. What we do not see. Believing the unseen is actually a challenge, a great challenge to most of us, even to small children. A small pastor's son was told by his mom to wash hands before every meal as there were germs. In all that dirt. He refused. And started complaining. And this is what he said. Germs and Jesus. Germs and Jesus. That is all I ever hear around this house. And I have never seen either one of them. (laughs) We do the same thing. We do hear about Jesus, but we doubt. We do hear about things in life that we do not see and we doubt. But it happens. 
All we need is faith. Question thrown at us at times. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Has anyone asked you this question? Or who usually asks this question? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Like maybe you also ask your parents, like kids, do you believe that I can do this, my dad, mom? In Matthew 9, 27, 31, Jesus heals the blind. This is one of his miracles and teachings. From 27, he says, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your fate, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But as human beings, they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. According to our fate, according to our fate, what do we need to know then? We need to know the levels of faith we have. All of us have different levels of faith. They are little faith, great faith, and powerful faith. To expand further, what makes faith little? What hinders our faith in the Lord and that it fails? What makes faith great? What does great faith do to us? And lastly, what makes faith powerful? And how powerful can faith be? What do we need to know? Little faith. What makes faith little? What hinders our faith in the Lord that it fails? First, being worried. In Matthew 6, 25, 30, Jesus said, this is in one of the Sermon of the Mount messages. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of this. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Worry. It makes our faith really small. It undermines the power of it. When we had um, three kids at that point in time, and our fourth child, Aaron, comes along, it's like 13 years ago. Don't worry, I already warned my kids that I'm going to give them as an example. (laughs) The biggest concern was, you know, provision, jobs, and everything. And we looked at it as a, I, I didn't mean it to be really a, a bad word, but it came up came to be a, like a word burden. And you know what? God slapped us in our faces, or actually our hands. We were reminded that all children <clears throat> are a blessing from God. So 13 years ago, he reminded us, have faith. Um, Life is always a challenge. There's no doubt about that. But he provided since then. All of my children have attached blessings on them or with them. Either a new job, a house, a car. It was amazing. I, I, I don't know what to say. God said, just um, have faith. Try me. Test me. And that's how God wants us to be. What makes faith little? What hinders our faith in the Lord? And that it fails. Fear. Mark four thirty-five forty. 40. That day when evening came... He said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There was other boats with him. Oh, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, slipping in the cushion, on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely, completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the winds obey him. 
That's how powerful God is. That's how powerful Jesus is. We face furious squall in our lives, and we usually ask this question. Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we get in trouble? But actually, the solution is just in front of them. He was in the boat with them. Same thing with us. Christ is already in our lives. He had finished his job and now left the Holy Spirit to complete. And yet we ask the question, don't you care? What makes faith little? Losing focus. I think in every job that we do, we need focus. In anything that we perform, we need focus. Matthew 14, 22-31, and this is right after feeding the 5,000. He already performed a miracle. And yet, this is what happened. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead, on, on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So basically, after feeding 5,000, he said to his disciples, go ahead. Go on the boat. Go ahead. I'll stay. And he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because of the, the wind was against it. So it did not really go that far, but still far enough. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw, saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And you know how Peter is. We know who Peter is. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Imagine you're commanding the Lord, telling Him to do something for you, instead of the reverse, doing something for God. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But then when he saw the wind, he was afraid beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Sometimes we see Christ as only a ghost. We don't know that it is him. 
we see him as some sort of a spirit that we do not recognize his power. We become terrified and our faith fails. Then with doubt, we challenge him but fail because we lose focus. Losing focus is one key element of having little faith. It is quite amazing that the disciples, and most of which are learned, have worries and doubts with faith in our Lord. This illustration I already have shared before in one of our studies. But I wanted to share it again because it's perfectly um, linked to to what we're talking about right now. A bold unbeliever was lecturing a group on the folly of religion or religious faith in general and the Christian faith in particular. So he's trying to make a mockery of Christianity. At the close of the presentation, the speaker invited people to propound any question they might have. In the audience was a, a town drunkard who had been converted to Christ. In response to the invitation, the converted alcoholic came up front, took out an orange. That's why I have an orange here. Peeled it and ate it without comment. The speaker asked if he had a question for him. After downing the last segment of the orange, the convert turned to the infidel and asked, Was the orange I just ate sweet or sour? Angry, the speaker replied, You? I didn't want to say the word, it's a bad word. How can I know whether it was sweet or sour? when I never tasted it. To this, the converted drunkard retorted, and how can you know anything about Jesus Christ if you have not tried Him? We should try our Lord and have our faith. Have faith in Him because He can be tested and that can be proven. Now, let us look at those who tried faith in our Lord and what it did to them. What do we need to know? Great faith. What makes faith great? What does great faith do to us? The faith of a centurion. In one of Jesus' travels, he met a centurion. Matthew 8, 5 to 10. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, 
Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But, but say the word. Just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I myself a man, am a man under authority. With the soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. He goes. And that one, come. He comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Imagine the Lord being amazed by you, by your faith. And said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a faith. Question, who are the centurions? I don't know if you saw this movie. Centurions, they are professional officers of the the Roman army, commanded a hundred men. That's why it's linked to the word centurio, which is century. So they command a hundred men. What kind of man is a centurion made of? He's chosen um, in the infantry for his size, built, strength, Dexterity in throwing the missile. It's, like, it's de- defined to be a missile weapon. But it's like, you know, the javelin and spears and heavy stuff that not, no ordinary man for sure can handle and carry. And for his skills in the use of his sword and shield. In short, for his expert, uh, expertness in all the exercises. He is to be vigilant, temperate, active, and readier to execute the order he receives than to talk. So he's a doer, not a talker. He listens to the command, boom, does it. That is a centurion. He's strict in exercising, keeping up proper discipline among his soldiers, in obliging them to appear clean and well-dressed, and to have their arms constantly rubbed and bright. These are the centurions. We have the scripture earlier. As we continue on with that scripture, Jesus said in Matthew 8, 11 to 13, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown out outside into the darkness where he will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go. It will be done just as you believe it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Great fate. Unexpectedly from a Centurion. What makes faith great? What does great faith do to us? Another one is the Canaanite woman. Matthew 15, 21, 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdraw to the region of Tyre and Sidon. 
A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is, de- is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. If you look at the scripture, it sounds very selfish, right? It's like, I'm only here for my own people. Because he knows that he is a Canaanite. Then the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Jesus replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from under the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus was really talking about his first ministry for the Jews and then the Gentiles. But it is a test of faith question to all of us. Salvation is for everyone. Canaanite. Canaanites were known to defile the land of Israel with their idolatry and pagan practices. In fact, the Canaanites could be traced back to the line of Cain or Cain. That's how, if you look at it, they really don't have the right. But because of that faith, great faith, God has given her a chance and opened the door. She was made whole, and the daughter healed. What makes faith great? What does great faith do to us? Blind Bartholomeus receives his sight. Mark 10, 46-52. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving in the city, that's leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, disciples, with much uh, uh, saying, hey, cheer up. On your feet, Jesus is calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped with all excitement to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want from me? For me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see you. Go, said Jesus, your faith 
has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he was and the following and followed Jesus along the road. What did that great faith do to him? He was healed. And that same great faith we can have to heal us, to complete us. Last third point. Powerful faith. It's kind of like a riddle. Powerful. The P and an F. For us Filipinos, sometimes we have a hard time doing so. Who makes faith powerful? Powerful. And how powerful can faith be? The Church of Antioch. This happened way back with Acts. Acts 11, 19-26. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. Among Jews. So, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Siren, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news and about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the, rich the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw that the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man. I want us to underline, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for the whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. This is the first time in the scripture that you will find the word Christian. The power of the Holy Spirit with our disciples like Barnabas, Stephen, added great number into the Christian community at that time. One important element of a powerful faith is the Holy Spirit. Nothing else, nothing more, but the Holy Spirit. How, power, how powerful can, can it be and what can it it can do to us or to you. Conversion of many. Healing and completion. That's how powerful the faith of God is. But it will not be completed 
without the Holy Spirit. Now, faith in summary. What do we have? Little faith. And who are, with the scriptures that we read, who are in that little faith? Peter, the disciples, the Pharisees. Great faith and powerful faith. The centurions, the Canaanite woman, blind, plus others like mute, leper, sick woman, the synagogue leader, paralyzed man, and so on and so forth. We can find it in the scripture. A persistent widow, Barnabas and Stephen. What is wrong with this picture? If you look at it. It is very wrong. People closer to the Lord have lesser or little faith than people who are considered undeserved. Centurion, he said, Lord, I cannot go to your house. Oh, you, you, you don't, sorry. I, I don't want you to come into my house. You don't deserve it. You know, I don't deserve for you to be my visitor. The Canaanite, Canaanite woman, definitely he does not deserve. At that point in time, the greatest enemy of Israel was the, Canaan, the, uh, the Canaanites. But they have greater faith. People who are more knowledgeable of God, like the Pharisees, have less faith than people of less knowledge of him, like the blind man and the Canaanite woman. Maybe they have a wrong connotation of who Christ is. They try to disprove who Christ is and not believe as what we had at the illustration earlier. They did not even try Christ, but they wanted to disprove him. But like the blind man, the Canaanite woman, the centurion, the leper, undeserved people, they wanted to try. They have tried with greater faith that Christ have described them. But thank thee to our Lord, who has the greatest faith of all, who saved us. Without his faith, we are nothing. For closing, I would like to share or to leave you this scripture, a parable with a challenge question at the end for all of us. The parable of a persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples 
a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care for what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. He was considered to be attacked. And the Lord said, Listen to, to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. But the question is, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find fate on the earth? We all know, we believe that Christ is coming back. That is a promise. And that is one of the faith that we want to hold on. But when he comes back, that is a question to us. Will he find fate? On the earth. One thing that I have learned that I want to share with you in this study is that I should not love God only for what He can do for me. Instead, have faith in Him, our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, as to who. He is. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise, Lord God. May we, by the time you come back, be able to answer those questions. Question, will you find faith? Thank you, Lord, for reminding us, because these written words are for us to be reminded. Your scriptures, the, the Bible, is basically your word to remind us of what we need to do. Forgive us, Lord, for our failures, for our Weak faith. Strengthen more our great faith. And may we be able to share this great faith amongst those who are weak and have them be encouraged. Again, we thank you, Lord, for this.
And this we pray in Jesus' name. In Galatians, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayers is for your perfection. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.